It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is August 17th, 2018. My name is Phil Prostenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Happy Friday to everyone. Hope you had a fantastic week. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, I'm going to do something that I haven't done very much this summer. And that's kind of put the magic in the context of the bigger picture of the Eastern Conference. Because whether we like to admit it or not, at 0-0, yes, the playoffs are still a possibility. So I do want to talk very briefly about what's going on around the Eastern Conference and kind of fit where I think the magic are in the pecking order and in the early tiering of the NBA. I mean, we've had some some win projections come out already. Uh, And then I'll talk a little bit about some of the things that the Magic didn't accomplish this summer and why, yeah, it's probably too early and probably too soon to really seriously discuss the playoffs. Before we get into all that, I do want to mention that you can find great NBA podcasts on the Locked On NBA Podcast Network by searching for your favorite teams. Every NBA team is covered by the Locked On NBA Podcast Network. I listen to other teams' podcasts. I love Locked On Celtics with our good pal John Corrales. I enjoy Locked On Cavs. Uh, I enjoy Locked On Nuggets. I'll enjoy Locked On NBA. Really, whichever team kind of floats my boat that day, whichever, whenever I'm like, huh, I wonder what's going on with the Indiana Pacers. I wonder what's going on with the Portland Trailblazers. I wonder what's going on with the Toronto Raptors, our good friend Sean Woodley up there, because now we can actually make trades with the Toronto Raptors. I go to those podcasts. I go to the Locked On Podcast Network. There's a great show going into the very same detail that I do with the Orlando Magic for every NBA team. Once the season begins, they'll be posting every single day. And of course, you can check out Locked On NBA for a great insight into the NBA, the general, the conversation going on around the country, around the league. On top of all this, of course, you've got the Locked On NFL Podcast Network. Big NFL games this weekend as the second week of the preseason gets going. I know the Dolphins are playing. I know the Jaguars are playing. I know the Bucks are playing. I don't know who they're playing because it's the preseason and who cares. But uh, p- starters will start playing a little bit more. And if you want to get the inside scoop for your fantasy football teams, for your for your favorite teams as the NFL picks up, check out the Lockdown NFL Podcast Network. Just like the NBA, daily podcast covering the teams in excruciating detail. Check them all out. You can find them on iTunes. Just search for Locked On and the team you are looking for. Like I said, a lot of our focus with the with the Magic, with the Orlando Magic, lies really in the individual team. I said this when the schedule came out last week that, and as I've begun analyzing the schedule, is you really, if you're a team like the Magic, you can't look at any team and say that's a win for the Magic or that's a game the Magic should win because in reality, Orlando coming off the sixth pick in the draft for the second straight year, coming off 25 wins last season, they're not in a position to say this is a game we should win because theoretically, 
There's only five teams worse than them. There's really only four teams worse than them from last season. And so we recognize that the Magic are still in a bit of a rebuilding mode, that they're still collecting talent that, while winning is nice, and I, you know, you know me in winning, winning is nice, it's not the primary directive. After all, if winning were the primary directive, Isaiah Thomas would probably be wearing a Magic uniform this season. The Magic are clearly going after something else or, 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 or want to accomplish something else. There are other goals to accomplish and ultimately wins will come further on down the road. Having said all that, I think most of us recognize, and the statistics actually bear this out, that the Magic were a little, had a lot of bad luck last year, especially on the injury front. Losing more than 200 games to injury, not having rookie Jonathan Isaac play more play anything but 27 games, having Terrence Ross sit out from November until the final five games of the season. Orlando lost a lot of firepower. What little firepower they had, they lost a lot of it. And so, I, it is fair to say the Magic are better than the 25-win team that they were last year. That, that they should have and would have been better with a little bit better injury luck. And in fact, the stats do bear this out. Orlando, under the Pythagorean wins formula that Basketball Reference has, should have won 28 games, a three-win improvement. That's including all the injuries and all the other things that happened. And so maybe it's fair to say that the Magic were actually something like a 30-31-win team. And again, with so few changes to the roster, that seems to be what everyone believes. The Vegas over-under has set, set the Magic at 31 and a half. Um, ESPN did their summer forecast series. They set the Magic at 31 wins, 12th in the Eastern Conference, eight games out of the final playoff spot. 538 has done its win projections, a statistical model of win projections. They have the Magic at 33 wins, also eight games out of the final playoff spot. And so this picture begins to emerge that the Magic are, A, almost certain to see win improvement this year, Steve Clifford's a new coach. There'll be some time to adjust, and, and I think the schedule's a little iffy, and I've, I've kind of hedged my bets on that over-under. I've said, you know, maybe the under's probably the right path because we know how screwy things get at the end of the season, although I think Clifford's, like Vogel, will push for wins, although he'll, I mean, hopefully he'll play his young guys, and, I, you know, who knows how, what's going to happen, so let's not get too far ahead of ourselves there. But I, I, I do think, when, when I saw that over-under number in the 30s, I did think to myself, that's probably right on. Low 30s, 31, 32, maybe 33 wins if the team's really good. 35 would be a fantastic season. None of that would get the Magic into the playoffs, most likely. But it's not impossible either. The most interesting thing that I noted when I was starting to look through some of these early season projections is from 538. 538, you know, Neil, I think Neil Payne wrote the article, but their initial statistical projections, which they admit are a little generous, gave the Magic a 25% chance of making the playoffs. 
Their average was 33 wins, finishing eight games out of the final spot. But it seems like in one in four of their simulations, the Magic made the playoffs. Steve Clifford, when he took over in Orlando, was asked about where the Magic are in the rebuild. What are your expectations for this team? And, and, and he's said two things to that re- regard. The first thing he said, and I'm repeating this mostly because I just saw the Inside the Magic feature on the offseason and it reminded me of this. He said, I'm not going to put expectations on this team. You know, we're going to set... Stand- and I think this is very much Steve Clifford's MO. Like I said earlier, he's someone that expects you to do very simple things very well and that translates to success. He keeps the goals simplistic so you can accomplish them. And they're good. They're, they're like very basic core goals that teams need to accomplish. And so he said on that front that he's not going to put expectations on this team. There, there is no timeline to success. You, you incrementally accomplish the things you want to accomplish, you build on them, you grow from them, and, you, and success follows. Pro, again, it's, it's the same mantra that a lot of coaches have, process over results. You do things the right way, you build the process the right way, you build the foundation the right way, the results follow naturally. But he said something else at Summer League that I thought was also very interesting. He said, and, and this is absolutely true, to, to a fact, this is paraphrasing, He said, there are surprises every year. So why can't the Magic be one of those surprises? Why can't the Magic be that team that shocks everyone? Last year was Indiana. Indiana was considered dead in the water. They traded away Paul George. They picked up Victor Oladipo, who had flashes in Orlando, but struggled in Oklahoma City. And then Oladipo became an all-star. Their roster really clicked together. It wasn't just Oladipo. It was the whole package. Clicking. Gaining confidence and growing. And making the playoffs and and now looking like a surefire playoff team. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner. And Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. There's a surprise every year. And so Clifford may be right. Why can't it be the magic? We'll get into some of those reasons in a moment, of course, but... Generally, he's on to something there. Orlando last year, the, the, the best the, really the best summation of Orlando's roster that I saw, and it, it was numerous people that said it, and, and I, I do believe this. The Magic have actual NBA players that they try to play. Criticize Nikola Vucevic's defense all you want, but he is a starter caliber center in the league. Criticize Evan Fournier for not being the creator or the athlete that you maybe need at the two, but he's a starter in this league. The Magic have, 
and certainly last year, have good players. Guys who clearly belong in this league aren't just fringe G League guys. And this is all to say the Magic were too good to tank. It took massive amounts of injuries to put the Magic in position to get the top pick or the top lottery odds. Massive injuries. And so, this team is still talented enough. The problem is, also astutely drawn, that this team's probably not talented enough to get over the top. Nikola Vucevic has his limitations. Evan Fournier has his limitations. It's interesting to note, also again, I picked this up off of Inside the Magic, uh, they're they're special on the offseason on Fox Sports Florida. Jeff Weltman said this, we've got a lot of veterans in their prime. And Vucevic, Fournier, certainly close to their prime. And that's part of the problem. How much better are they going to get? And is that enough to turn a 25-win team into a 41-win team? After so many years here in Orlando, it sure feels like that answer is no. But Aaron Gordon remains a wild card. Maybe there is another leap to his game that helps push this team over the top, gets guys in the right role. Jonathan Isaac is a huge unknown. We don't really know what he's going to bring to the table offensively this year. Defensively, all the numbers suggest that he's going to make the, that he's going to help make this team a really strong defensive team just on him alone. Terrence Ross coming back is a nice veteran piece. Again, this is all to say that it does feel like there is a ceiling on this team at the moment until that one player emerges and puts players in the right role and yeah, they're there's a point guard issue as well. But things can break right. Not everything's all gloom and doom. It feels that way over the last six years. You, the, the team could get that right chemistry. They could finally have the coach that clicks. They could finally have the belief. They could finally get the player that pushes them over the top. We don't know sitting here today in August whether that's going to happen. But let's take a look at things on paper. Let's really take a look at how right things have to break, it would seem, for the, for the Magic even realistically to talk about the playoffs. I think it's safe to say that five playoff spots in the Eastern Conference are pretty much accounted for. Toronto, Boston, Philadelphia, Indiana, Milwaukee, I think are all locks to make the playoffs. They've got the star talent, they've got the experience, those are the five best teams in the Eastern Conference for me sitting here today. I would venture to guess that Miami is in that next tier of probably, I could see them, they'll probably make the playoffs. I trust them enough. And Washington right there with them. I would put them as the firm probably maybes. You got your five definites. Got your two probably maybes. That's seven spots taken already. And that leaves a lot of interesting teams fighting probably for that last playoff spot. 
Cleveland. With Kevin Love still there, I think they they, they definitely think they can make the playoffs. They got a lot of the remnants from, from a pretty good team, but obviously a lot of work they got to do. Who knows what they'll do. Cleveland certainly in the running. Detroit, Charlotte, New York, Brooklyn, Orlando, Chicago. Really only Atlanta feels like it's out of the playoff race. And yeah, I think you can tier those teams too. Detroit has an all-star already in tow in Blake Griffin. They'll be a favorite. Kemba Walker and Charlotte, same thing. They're definitely more favorite to make the playoffs. Brooklyn, New York, Orlando, Chicago are young teams no one really knows too much about. And it's to me, it's really that tier is where Orlando sits. Young teams that if they gain the right confidence, they could explode and, and make a push. Or they could be like they've been for the last few years, high 20s, high 20s wins, potential to have the wheels fall off. I would say, honestly, sitting here, I'll, I'll go on the record today, and I'm sure this will change before the season starts, but Orla- I, I might like Orlando the best of that group. Maybe not long-term. Don't, I'm not going to say long-term, but this coming season, I might go Orlando the best of that group, finishing 11th or 12th in the Eastern Conference. But that margin for error is razor thin still. The Magic have to have a lot of things go right. Questions that we're asking about Aaron Gordon, about Jonathan Isaac, about um, the bench of this team, DJ Augustin, Isaiah Briscoe even, Jerry and Grant. Something unexpected has to go right, and maybe two things unexpected have to go right to move the Magic up from that up, up A to the top of that tier of young, interesting teams. And New York's in there because I assume Kristaps Porzingis is going to miss a, a, a ton of the season. So it's going to take a couple of really good things, breaking the Magic's right way or unexpected things happening to get the Magic up from that tier. And then they'll be, they're back into that conversation with Detroit and Charlotte fighting for one of those last, and Cleveland, fighting for one of those last playoff spots. And I think the margin between those three teams is fairly close. Y'all know me. I'm a a big Charlotte fan. I I do like what Charlotte's doing for the most part. But Brooklyn could, I could see Brooklyn surprising. I could could even see Chicago surprising if Wendell Carter Jr. is that good. If he's as good as he was in Summer League. But obviously, it's hard to predict these young teams. Orlando, we've seen a lot of evidence that they can't take that step up. One day it's going to happen. Orlando's not going to be terrible forever. Something's going to happen. But you can already see what this playoff picture is going to look like. And we can already sense some of the struggles the Magic might have. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. 
Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I would say that, you know, the the offseason is pretty much over. Training camp is about a month away, about a month and a week away, and, and, and we've got our plans set. I've got my plans set for, for opening for media, media day and, and what's to come. But there is... You know, I'm beginning to see some evaluations of the Magic's offseason. And, and and the general consensus is everyone likes the Muhammad Bamba pick. Everyone likes the Aaron Gordon signing. Everything else is just kind of eh. And that's okay because because we kind of knew entering this offseason the Magic weren't going to spend everything. They weren't going to push all their chips in. They weren't going to do something silly. But there's still that tinge of disappointment because let's narrow the focus down to the 2019 season. And when you look, and and you can't make moves just for one season, obviously, but yeah, there's a group of casual fans that only go to games once in a while and and don't think about the long-term implications of things. And yeah, there are some obvious holes the Magic didn't fill or didn't even address in the offseason. The point guard position is obviously the biggest one. The one that a lot of fans obsessed over. They didn't take one in the draft in the first or the second round. They're relying instead on, on DJ Augustin. A steady hand, mind you. I think I think some of the narrative with DJ Augustin this summer has been he's not a starting point guard. Magic are screwed. And I would agree with the first statement. DJ Augustin, not a full-time starting point guard for a good team. But... I think the Magic felt pretty comfortable going into the off se- into the season with him. He doesn't fit the Magic's profile. That is perfectly fair to say. But I think that they like that he's just the steady hand. He's just a solid veteran player. Not going to make a ton of mistakes. Going to get guys in the right spot. Going to be a good leader. It's not the ideal situation for him or for the team. But it'll work for a while. It's okay for this season where maybe winning isn't the number one priority. If he gets hurt, Magic might be in trouble, or maybe the Magic are hoping that Jerry and Grant or Isaiah Briscoe proves that they're better than him and earn a starting spot, which could happen. Point guard is the obvious position, position though, that frustrated fans because Jerry and Grant's been in the league three years and, and hasn't quite emerged or developed into a solid starting point guard. He's shown flashes, should be a lot better, but just hasn't been able to translate what he did successfully in college to the NBA. And Isaiah Briscoe is a huge mystery. After playing in Estonia last year, we know that he's a decent scorer, but is he a distributor? Is he really a point guard? Is the biggest question facing him this year. It's going to be interesting to watch how he develops. But the Magic left a lot of other issues unresolved. Steve Clifford, we know, is a good defensive coach. The Magic added Muhammad Bamba. Jonathan Isaac's going to be back healthy. Terrence Ross could be back healthy. 
The Magic did things to improve their defense. One of the worst defenses in the league again last year. But the offense should remain difficult. Orlando last year was a bottom five offensive team. They were a bottom five offensive team the year before. They haven't been a very good offensive team in the six years of the rebuild. Really only 2016, the 35-win season, standing out as the outlier for this whole thing. And so Orlando brought back much the same roster. Nikola Vucevic, Evan Fournier, Aaron Gordon, your primary scorers. The guys they added in the draft, Melvin Frazier, not an offensive-minded guy at all. Really struggles with his jump shot, in fact. Muhammad Bamba is extremely raw offensively. While his jumper looks okay, looks solid, it's going to take some time for the rest of his game to flush out. Like I've said, my expectations for Bamba are fairly simple and basic. From the floor, rebound, pick and pop. Challenge shots, learn, be a sponge, work behind the scenes. I'm not expecting much statistically from him, and honestly, I think that might be why Vucevic ended up staying. Why the Magic didn't shop Vucevic around as much. I think that they knew Bamba wasn't ready, which is fine. We're not drafting a guy for, the, for his rookie year. Although, you hope to see him at All-Star Weekend. I think that the offense, though, will be a huge concern. Steve Clifford at Charlotte wasn't known as an offensive coach. And Kemba Walker's not going to be there to bail him out. So even if Aaron Gordon takes a leap in his game, I'm not projecting this offense to be very good. And that was a huge hole that the Magic were left. Now, Orlando wasn't going to be able to solve all their holes in one season. And yeah, maybe Jonathan Simmons can take another leap in efficiency with his game. Terrence Ross coming back will help the offense a little bit with his spacing. Jonathan Isaac looks to be a better offensive player than he was when the season ended. Aaron Gordon should take another leap offensively. I expect him to because I know how hard the guy works. And he's been healthy. It doesn't seem like he's been slowed down by anything this summer. The Magic are probably going to show some improvements, but again, it's much the same group. And it's I think these deficiencies, these, these things the Magic didn't address, that frankly frustrated fans a little bit, that doesn't have them believing that things can break the right way and deliver the team a playoff performance. And the reason why I think Magic fans are okay with saying, you know, let's go for the top pick again, which this year sees the odds level out, the top bottom four. You don't even have to be the worst team in the league anymore to get the best odds at winning the lottery. That would could be a game changer. That could deliver a, a big offensive superstar like a R.J. Barrett or Zion Williamson or whoever it might be. I, I haven't done my research in the 2019 draft class. I apologize. But these are the things that are... But the things that the Magic didn't address this summer are the things that are going to hold them back in this 2019 season. Whether that matters or not, I, for one, think that building a team... I think one of the weaknesses of the Rob Hennigan era was he didn't build a team to have an identity. It was just kind of a mishmash of players, and it still feels that way. 
And at some point, you got to bring in guys that fit what your team's ultimately going to be. Now, maybe the problem that, that Weltman is, is finding is he can't get rid of the old guard yet. That Vucevic is still here. Fournier is still here. That it's tough to build your team when the old guys are still here that don't fit. And it's, 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 a slow, it's going to be and has been a slow process. Like I said, it feels like there is an opportunity in this Eastern Conference, that, that there, there are teams the Magic can strive to be to put themselves, if not in the playoffs, in the playoff conversation. I think one of the more important things the Magic have to try and accomplish this year is to play meaningful games later into the season. Having the season feel over in December is the biggest problem for this team. Because we've seen when this team is engaged, when they do have something to play for, they play well above their heads. They play really well. The the issue has been when the losing starts to pile up, they can't seem to get themselves out of it. That really seems to be the issue. But of course, this team can only go as far as its talent will take it. And it's clear the Magic still need to work on that. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Like us on Facebook at Locked on Magic. And subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can, of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. And for the latest on the Orlando Magic, including a look at these two issues in article form, check out orlandomagicdaily.com. Follow us on Twitter at omagicdaily. Don't forget as well, we're currently polling fans for to find the most popular player in Orlando Magic history. We are down to the final three polls. We're going to have a winner probably this weekend a winner of who the fans think is the most popular player in Magic history. We're going to take that, combine it with the Orlando Magic Daily staff. I've also been polling some other select fans as well for their lists, and we'll come up with a final list. We'll unveil that list all throughout the week. Well, I'll unveil that list next week um, in a big post. Talk about it here on the show as well. So definitely check that out. Definitely vote on that poll. You can find the Twitter polls at Daily. Don't forget to... Not next week, but the week after, I'm planning a whole week of episodes where I talk about the things you want me to talk about. It's going to be fan, it's going to be listener appreciation week. Submit your topics, submit your ideas for topics for Locked On Magic. You can do that online at Locked On Magic or at Omagic Daily. I'll be taking down your suggestions and I will be talking about them, of course, that week on Locked On Magic. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Ross and Reich. Have a great SummerSlam weekend. Tommaso Ciampa is a champ. Deal with it. I'll talk to you again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members. 
You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.